0: Hello, everyone. How are you today? Happy Monday. Welcome to the third episode of Maya's Music Motive. I hope everyone had a great holiday week this past week or two weeks from now and just have a great intro to the holiday season. Of course, I hope you're staying fresh and cool and fly and groovy like I always say. Uh, just starting everything off, I just want to once again express all of my gratitude and all of my thanks to everyone that's listening. The podcast has had such a great introduction all over the country, a little bit of other places in the world, which has been absolutely amazing and crazy to think about. Another thing that I just want to do, like a brief announcement, just keep sharing with your friends, keep sharing on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. I'm also available on a couple distributors like iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. So if you have a friend, a family member another person that's aspiring to get into entertainment or music just feel free to share with them all of the love that goes back to me helps me develop this podcast and really turn it into something that I can do more regularly so if you love the motive and want to hear the motive more often keep supporting the motive Um, and that's really just my main thing for that I have a really incredible motive today. It's something that I'm very new to, but I'm just so excited about and really excited to share with you guys and really share with my guests. So I'm just going to jump right into my very lovely, incredible guest, Mr. Spencer Haynes. Let's give it up for Spencer. How's it going? Hello. Thank you so much for being here and being on the motive. Well, thanks for having me. Of course. And One thing, like before we get into you, I just want to give a brief introduction, a brief, like, set the tone. Uh, Spencer is a current Bandier student, which is the music industry, music business program at the Newhouse School at Syracuse University, one of the best in the country. So he knows his stuff. He's also allegedly. (laughs) He's also a producer. I'm a very successful podcast producer so I feel very fortunate to have him with me and he is an enthusiast on this space and scene that we are going to unpack today. So Spencer if you just want to introduce yourself to the people, share a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah so my name is Spencer Haynes. I'm originally from Maplewood, New Jersey um, but up in Syracuse, New York going to school here for music business and the entertainment industry. I originally probably got Interested in the entertainment industry through production and making beats and stuff, but so that's kind of taken a backseat, um, and I'm kind of focused more on the business side. Really into A&R um, and the more management side. Um, I've you know done a couple of internships. I worked at a music technology company doing an internship at Splice, and then I've also worked at a couple of management companies um, along the way too. Um, I'm currently a junior. You know, I'm hyper pop enthusiast. I'm I'm excited to. uh to hopefully teach some some people about an interesting upcoming scene
0: yeah so shout out to spencer congratulations on so much success in your career so far like you're already doing crazy things and splice is a great company and really changes some things in the industry so that's really cool to hear and i am gonna now that we've introduced you i i'm ready to get into this motive should we get into it let's do it all right let's get into it well frankly just being very honest and <laughs> very vulnerable like I am sad to say that I haven't learned about this earlier um I really heard about this motive first when I moved up to Syracuse to start graduate school and a couple classmates I had kept talking about the genre of music and they kept it, it, it was a genre pop but also something that I just never heard before like kind of like k-pop but it was just never in my stratosphere. And I was thinking of a way to really introduce it to you guys. And then I got a text sent to me by my friend Matt. Matt, if you're listening, hello. And it was a tweet by the amazing singer and songwriter and diva, Charlie XEX, that she tweeted during last year's quarantine that like, just simply stated, what is hyperpop? And... <laughs> It was funny because like those that know um, she's one of the primary hyper pop artists and the response is like, that's you, girl. Like, that's that's what yeah. you do. But <laughs> you
1: are hyper pop. And you, she
0: is. But I think that's really how I feel right now. And just like the last couple of months hearing about it so much, like in the class, like in in the Syracuse, like in community with my friends. is I'm like, what is hyper pop and why does everyone keep talking about it? And why don't I know about it? And this is like my craft in my field and I'm you know I love studying the stuff so that's why I chose the motive because I want to have times where I really am just like asking people questions and like learning right along with you guys so the the motive is hyper pop and we're gonna get into it and you're gonna learn a lot of really interesting stuff um with me and Spencer's gonna help us really sort yeah, of dissect I'll try my best everything that's going on in the scene so Spencer, if you want to kind of give an introduction of, like, how Hyperpop came to be, where it originally came from, and yeah, just of course. where um, we are now.
1: So, like, any other music scene, like, it's—sometimes it's, it's difficult to pinpoint, like, exactly where something came from, and it's, some people argue, but it's—but uh, I would say it started around in the, in the mid-2010s, um, but back then it was more popular, popularly referred to as um, PC Music. PC Music is a label that was started by producer A.G. Cook um as like an exaggerated almost sometimes ironic take on what pop music was during the time some of the earliest um artists on the roster and MVPs of that time were AG Cook himself artists like Hannah Diamond Girlfriend of the Year Easy Fun um and the late Sophie RIP yeah. um and they took their own take on pop consisting of you know elements of just high pitched vocals um, bubblegum dance pop and uh, eventually grew a cult following on SoundCloud um, and then over time, they would influence mainstream artists like Carly Rae Jepsen, Madonna, and then, of course, Charlie XEX, um, eventually leading to Cook being announced as Charlie's Crave director in 2016 and kind of pushing the PC music side of hyperpop um, a little bit further into the ma- mainstream. And then with Charlie and others adopting the new retro futuristic sound, um, it would kind of break into the mainstream. And we'll kind of, I say that mainstream because um, they there, there weren't, there weren't there yet. I wouldn't yeah. say, you know... Charlie XCX is a mainstream artist, but as far as like the word and the terminology hyperpop, um, I wouldn't say that that's, that really came into the mainstream until more recently. Um, eventually, we would see X popping up similar to the PC Music Sound, like most popularly, 100 Gex, which really had a moment um, back in 2020, Guppy, Slater, artists like Dorian Electra, Rina Sawayama, among others, on um, the hyperpop playlist which is Spotify, um, which was started by Spotify in 2019, began as a direct response to the popularity of 100 Gex, um, Viral Rise, and their debut album, 1000 Gex. Um, And the fact, uh, I think this is one of the quotes from um, the person and one of the creative directors at Spotify um, that really sums up um, what the movement was like. Um, And so a quote by Lizzie Sabo says, the fact that so many people we're talking about this project inspired us to look deeper and see if there were other artists making music like this that we didn't know about. Um, in an interview with New York Times, um, she said that. And close to 80% of the playlists currently features songs are independently released musicians, which I think are su- is super interesting. It's still a super in- independent... Um, like bedroom style producer movement and because of high levels of engagement the playlist um, has a significant impact on artist career like right now i mean i can go check on spotify there's still not a ton of followers on the playlist but i think it's interesting that this small movement i mean yeah it only has two hundred forty nine thousand likes which sounds like a lot but really compared to you know other playlists like rap caviar and you know yeah s- stuff like that it's, it's really not that popular but it's really affecting culture and really seeping into the majority of popular music so i think that's decent idea and as far as like the sound of hyperpop it's super hard to explain (laughs) but it's it's like i know it when i see it like when you when you listen to it you're like oh yeah this is hyperpop whether it's like the glitchy bass and the pitched up vocals or it's just kind of a vibe the blaring bass to the point of distortion that you're like what is this it can be super jarring listening to hyperpop and it's i can kind of almost describe it as a as an acquired taste at times but like Anything like wine, like cheese, it can be some of the sweetest acquired tastes, in my opinion.
0: (laughs) I think that's a great introduction and just a really holistic way to describe it. Um, When I, because I, for my research, I started listening to some artists and like watching videos and really kind of getting an idea of what these artists are creating and I was texting friend and the way I said I was like this is just a melting pot of so many different things like it reminds me of so many different things like it reminds me of like synth pop in the 80s meets like 2000s meets like sad tumblr angst from the like the 2010s on acid possibly but it at first I was a little startled to be (laughs) honest because I'm very much like an R&B girl very like low vibration in my music but when I listen I was like I'm startled but I'm also equally intrigued and I'm also entertained at the same time so
1: yeah so it's 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 interesting because I like, uh, it, I would describe hyperpop as a genre is kind, of like, kind of like coffee. It's like the first time you drink coffee when you're like, you know, 10, your mom lets you have a sip. You're like, what the, f- what's this? This is disgusting. <laughs> and then slowly you get a little bit more, you try it back, and now you need coffee. You need it to survive. You're addicted to it. And, and almost anything else, any other type of music cause just kind of sounds bland to you. Um, and suddenly you're part of this small little cult that appreciates this very niche type of music.
0: And going into, like, the niche and the sort of culty and community of Hyperpop, one thing that I noticed when I was looking everything up is that really it got a lot of traction from a lot of, like, user-generated content, mostly from, like, TikTok and yeah. Discord. And you were talking about Discord in one of our classes and how that really helped bring the community together, people collaborate on there together, like, make beats and record things. So if you wanted to talk about that a little bit, I think yeah. that would be really cool to hear.
1: I, I think the... The hyperpop community is very young. Um, right. it, it's, of course, there's some older artists, but like some of the biggest artists like, like, Glaive, like Camo, like Eric D.O.A. really grew up in an internet era and grew up like online. Um, and I think you can hear that in their music where there's really no like geographical scene to hyperpop. It's kind of just one homogenation of like different internet cultures that combine together. Um, and, you know, you can still see on Discord, a lot of these songs are made on Discord, and there's really a, a community, an idea that if you're making good music, collaboration is really is really a part of that. Um, and there's no, like, there's very little, like, ego to it. There's like, oh, you don't have enough monthly streamers, I'm not going to collaborate with you. If you good right. music, I mean, there's artists that collab together, that, you know, are on completely different parts of their career, but, you know, making good music, people recognize that. I think that's really interesting. I mean... Uh, it's it's such an interesting thing because it's a whole new wave of music that has an energy and like creative hustle that hasn't been seen um, on the internet. I feel like in ages. It's similar to like early YouTube, right? That time period when things would like go viral and felt DIY and human, um, that weren't as polished and a little bit rough around the edges. But that rough around the edges makes it feel more personal. It feels like oh, I could do this. It really feels like some kid is actually making it in his in his bedroom and um, yeah their own personal gear to adapt easily to the world around them. And they're kind of able to express their emotions easily through their music.
0: I definitely agree with that. Just kind of like finding some content of like people making things. It it sort of reminded me on a completely more diverse level of like watching videos like Do- Doja Cat when she first started making beats on right. Instagram live and just seeing so much raw talent be put together to create something that is really, it almost feels like it has its own visual and has its own like, dream, fever dream, like illustration like when I hear the music I feel like it's it's easy to see like what this will look like but it's also something that I've never imagined before um but we've been referencing all of these different people and all these artists and I would just like to take a few minutes to sort of highlight these ar- artists specifically yeah definitely because they're all so different but they all the thing they have in common is sort of this community that listens to them exactly and, and the pc music being an inspiration but there there's so many people that I've listened to in a short amount of time and I I have so many new people that I need to listen to further um um, I think I just want to start with some that are more like general mainstream pop artists, like Charlie XCX. Yeah, definitely. Kim Petras, uh, the late Sophie R.I.P. As you said, Rina Sawayama, which who I love, I did really didn't know that was actually like aligned with hyperpop, and it's yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's hi- I like to say hyperpop adjacent. Okay. <laughs> definitely, you know, inspired by. But what is what is a genre, anyways? Right? It's yeah. like <laughs> You can you can have it's more of a more of a movement and more of a scene. Um, but, yeah, I'd be down if you want to listen to a couple of seconds of a song.
0: Yeah, um, I'll let you choose. Yeah, so I mean, can I, I can go it. classic.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, what should I do? Hmm, decisions, decisions. I think we <laughs> should do a Charlie XCX song. All right, let's go with We that. should do Claws by Charlie XCX off of her 2020 quarantine album called How I'm Feeling Now, which is her, like, hyper pop kind of album this song is produced by dylan brady okay. um, which is one half of 100 gex which is one of that um one of those artists that kind of blew up in the scene and kind of started um, the emergence of hyper pop in that kind of post-quarantine era okay um so yeah let's listen to a couple seconds of it um it's one of my favorite songs you can definitely hear like the glitchy it's a little bit slower but the weird electronic elements with charlie's vocals and the the kind of sound effects. It's super cool. I love this song. So that's a little bit of Claws. Um, it, it's so hard to describe because it's like you can listen to this song and listen to, I don't know, like a Glaive song or listen to like, I don't know, an Eric Dwayne song or listen to like an Umaru song and be like, well, this is not, this can't be the same genre of music. But right. I mean, it definitely has some, some of the similar DNA. If you go back, the blaring bass, the, that kind of like metallic snare sound that you hear, like you're slamming on like a a trash can or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I also really like the repetitiveness of her lyrics. It's really catchy. Okay. Yeah. Because at first it, it's it's not off putting, I would say, but it's definitely something that's a little bit drastic or unusual, at least to what I typically listen to. But when I hear the lyrics, it's like okay, like I can see myself listening to this because it's something that I could like play in the background and get more familiar with. Plus, like I just love Charlie X C X as a songwriter. The Absolutely. way she's able to write things like write the hook to Fancy with Iggy Azalea in like 20 minutes it's like that's you can't deny the genius of her and her talent so and i
1: I think that like that super catchy hook that like that gets stuck in your head is so integral to kind of this like the pc music side of hyper pop like all the almost all of the great like i feel like 100 gex is like that too like hand crushed by a mallet stuff like like that song the the choruses are so simple and the melodies are like not complex at all but there's some genius behind it that you can create a hook, create create a melody that just gets stuck in your head forever like you'll never forget that that hook off of claws after the first time you like it after, after the first time you listen to the like i like i, like, I yeah. like everything about you i like i like i like like it's it's so good <laughs> i'm sorry Hard to describe <laughs> it other than say that it's it's like ear candy
0: i think that's the best way to call it is like ear candy it's very sweet very bubbly like bubble gum but uh going off of charlie thank you for sharing that another artist that's newer but just getting a lot of traction and definitely a name that kept popping up when i was doing my research is glaive yes glaive uh for those that don't know is a 16 year old artist
1: the golden child the i don't golden know i think child. he's 17 now the golden Seven, child nine? of hyperpop
0: okay we'll call him the golden child of hyperpop from Asheville, north carolina who yep. started making music in his home in his bedroom and would like go to school and then go home and make music and actually, just got a recording deal for two EPs with Interscope. So yeah. now he's signed. But yeah, if you just want to talk about him a little bit too, I he's mean, yeah, super I mean, cool.
1: Glaive is like the supreme example of a kid that grew up eternally online and has kind of like formed his music taste based on you know lots of different elements. Um, but you know, he's he's he does a lot of his own production. He's his vocals, or I think he's one of those other artists that just has an innate gift for writing good hooks and good melodies Um, and at a young age he has so much he has so much skill and he has so much potential um, going forward not just in the hyper pop space but transitioning you know even even more pop stuff even more rock oriented stuff he's 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 just a golden child and I would say he's his like supremely focused um, approach to his music itself his careful passion for both his close contemporaries and their own ventures and most prominently, his active, honest, and internally entertaining presence. Yeah. He has online. I don't know. I feel like a lot of these artists' um, social media presence are very interesting. And that's a lot of the personality of their music comes out through their social media. Like, I remember, I don't know, <laughs> a couple moments he got his, like, whatever, multi-million dollar record deal with Interscope. And then he's, like, posting on his Instagram, like, yo, help me out with my math homework. <laughs> like, can someone solve these multifunction equations for me, please?
0: Right like it's
1: it's just there's something so innocent about it that I that was super interesting to me
0: he definitely reminds me of a he's just very approachable and feels very familiar like I think an artist I used to say about that that about all the time was like Bruno Mars like I feel like he was definitely someone that seems like a friend that you would have that's very goofy or like a next door neighbor that just happens to sing He's, he gave a very um, familiar vibe when like he first came out in, like 2010 and even though I really couldn't identify with Glaive as a person in terms of relating to him right. demographically as I just a seven
1: year old white boy from yeah. North Carolina
0: <laughs> Like I think that's like someone that would be down the street for me that happens to make music and is still in high school and it's it's really cool to see when someone's still kind of maintaining a normal lifestyle but also having such crazy things happen to him on yeah. The yeah. internet
1: Yeah, I mean, and and a lot of these artists, I feel like Glaive, I mean, there's definitely a couple artists, but Glaive and Eric Dioe have been some of the first artists to kind of like break a little bit into like the LA scene. And they've been doing sessions with bigger artists. And, you know, they have songs probably coming out with some, some a lot more major mainstream artists. So should be interesting to see what, what, what Glaive has going on for the next year. And, you know, he already has his two, with Cypress, um, Cypress Grove? Yeah, Cypress Grove. No, that's a single. Well, with all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. And then then I'll be happy. Was that the two EPs? Anyways, I think he's done with his two EP deal. I'm not exactly okay. sure. But he's definitely got a lot of a lot of stuff coming up. And I'm I'm excited to see. He's so young. There's so much potential here. Yeah. And it's it's uh, the sky's the limit, really.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, I have a difficult question for you and if you can't answer, I fully respect it, but seeing that like you're you're very much in, entrenched in and have been listening to this for a while, like who do you think I'll say who do you think is your current favorite artist or a couple of artists in hyperpop and then who's an artist that you're really excited to see grow into their success and collaborate with bigger artists like i think it was dorian electra who did a song with lady gaga yeah um just stuff like that like who are you ready to see grow and who is your big person right now
1: so i love dorian electra dorian Dorian electra is super interesting and that's like more of like the pc side of music um the more like ag cook right side Um, i love that side but right now um i think what's a lot more interesting is more of like the what they would call like the digicore side of the scene so it's like the more glaive eric doa more like punk more punk a little bit more pop oriented a little bit more diy Um, one of my favorite artists right now not saying they're diy at all but one of my favorite artists right now is underscores um i just think that their production is on another level and their album from um 2021 called fishmonger is absolutely the best hyper pop album of the year pretty much hands down um they they created just such a such an interesting world with their music and really had a cohesive album that put together lots of ideas um, without being without being kind of all over the place and s- still having that that like edge to hyper pop that interesting edge that interesting DIY aspect that that we love so much. Yeah. Um and the lyrics again the lyrics are so interesting that the, the yeah. songwriting is amazing and underscore's versatility is it's all over the place whatever it's like punk post punk EDM dubstep even their 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 versatility is is unmatched in my opinion
0: That would also explain why so many of these artists are getting a lot of cosigns from artists like Lady Gaga, Skrillex, uh, Madonna, you know, getting into it. Like, because I think people realize that these are like young people are doing their homework and getting inspiration from other genres, but really
1: reinventing
0: it and turning it into something that's their own. And I think like the cosigns speak for themselves, like even though it's a smaller community and still developing, I think that we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, I want to talk about the music business a- uh, aspect of it first, but Absolutely. just seeing that people are paying attention to people that matter and people that are innovators in each of their genres are really getting an eye on it and trying to get ahead of it early, that really shows that this has full potential, I think, to really thrive and really develop.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think there's this misconception that a lot of these kids are making hyperpop because it's like the easy thing to do. Right, because whatever it's it's low quality, but I think like that's not true. I feel like they a lot of these kids could transition over to you know pop music, rock music, punk music, and be very successful. And you know we've seen that with a couple of people, but they choose hyperpop and they choose to pursue this career because it's just such an interesting and dynamic scene. And there's there's really no no walls, there's no creative barriers to what they're doing. Okay, do you want to play a song? Yeah, I would love to play um an undersource song off of their album Fishmonger. Um, One of my favorite songs is Pie Spoil Little Brat. I like streams. Strictly business. Take a picture, hope it lasts long. Strictly business. Check the backlog, make a living, sing a sad song. Yeah, I live for the attention. I've got a problem, and it's not my fault. Why would I pay it any money? I'm a Postar, baby. Postar, baby. All I Alright, I'm gonna skip to the end because there's a really interesting yeah, part at off. the end. Okay. Why would my time? I'm a <laughs>
0: Thoughts? if y'all could see my face <laughs> like i was i was partially speechless i'm gonna have to put it like a notification at the front of the show it was like play on speakers not headphones but that that's crazy i like it i, 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 I mean like it's it. it's so
1: weird but it, there's something so enter- entertaining about it and it's just like there's no rules do whatever you want like right. if it sounds cool to you make it it's it's i don't know
0: yeah um and then just kind of keeping but that definitely
1: whole... is the acquired taste Okay. Like first time. I feel like acquired I'm pretty taste. sure I've played that for my mom or dad. And they're like, "What the fuck is this?"
0: <laughs> I I think I think my parents listening to this are gonna be like, "Maya Danielle, what are you doing?" But I'm <laughs> like, "We're gonna listen to it with open minds and but acquired taste."
1: It's like it's like the new it's like the new punk, right? Right. It's like subverting expectations and doing some weird stuff. You know, if if your parents don't like it, then that's maybe that's a good sign.
0: I mean, even like going back to like late eighties, because I I can't not relate something R and hip hop. But like, even like with rap in the late seventies and going into eighties, there was definitely a lot of parents that were concerned about like their children listening like NWA, exactly and, like, Tupac, and even now we consider it classic. So it just shows that I feel like every groundbreaking genre always has that sort of danger or sort of like cautiousness with parentals are with people that don't fully understand it so it's definitely a good sign but kind of gravitating into the industry mindset just to keep on the business side of the motive well like i said glaive has signed with interscope and i think did the two AEPs. and then there's also other artists that are signed like Petra slater with pc music is uh charlie XEX pc music as well or is she um that's a good
1: question i'm not i'm not sure
0: okay well, now that there are getting a lot of in- attention from big players like New York Times did a podcast about this um, on PopCast. I definitely re- recommend listening to that as well. Billboard did a article on it. Uh, New York Times did a cover on Glaive and then on Osquin, uh, which yep. is another artist as well. Like it's definitely getting attention and it's definitely kind of having some eyes turned to it. What do you think will be the future of Hyperpop in terms of like commercialization partnerships with brands like do you think it's gonna kind of go a traditional route or is it gonna be something that sort of lives on the internet and just thrives off of the genuine the genuality of like it being what it is
1: it's it's hard to tell I mean I think I mean we've seen you know a couple of artists especially like in the piece of music side that have had like strong commercial s- success with like big record deals and yeah and doing and doing big brand partnerships but I think the majority of the of the upcoming hyper-pop scene, especially when it comes to young kids and the people that are making music on SoundCloud, is going to stay relatively underground and stay on the internet. Um, I think that we'll definitely have the Eric D.O.A.'s. We'll definitely have the Glaze. We'll definitely have those people that make that big success and have super long careers. But like any other music... Y- 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 music scene music genre mu- music movement there's always going to be artists um, that maintain their their indie success underground um, whether they continue to be signed to these big record deals i don't know um but i think right now i don't think it's they're, they're going to be continuing doing these big deals especially because I mean, commercially, I mean, Glaive and, and Eric D.O.A. and some of these artists like Midwest who have been signed to these big deals. They're, you know, they they have huge, huge success in the underground. And they have, you know, they're super, super influential when it comes to, like, mainstream music. But as far as, like, commercial su- success, like, Glaive isn't doing a ton of streams right now. He's not making a ton of money. Um, and I think his managers and the people that surround him are trying to push him a little bit more into the pop scene. And he's super versatile. I mean, he could do pretty much anything he wants. But right now, I mean, these artists aren't making a ton of money. Yeah. Um, so it should be interesting to see which way record labels take this and which way um, they kind of push these artists towards and how they support them or whether it's more just going to be independence or just going to be di- distribution deals or whether it's just going to maintain um, independent and they, they do, you know, little artist services stuff.
0: Right. Um, And then along with that, do you think just even though this has happened with other microgenres and, you know, of course, like new music comes from other music, but seeing that hyperpop has been so highly influenced by just the tech communication, like with the quarantine and being able to talk to one another. Do you think it will affect how microgenres are going to be created in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's no surprise that hyperpop and TikTok exploded in a year when most of us were alone in our rooms, right? Like the hyperpop community primarily exists online. Uh, and with many of his artists hailing from, like, the American suburbs, like Brady and Les from 100 Gex, um, grew up in, like, residential Louisville, right? And, well, Eric DeWay is from Connecticut. Glaive is from Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and it's a far cry from the busy London scene associated with Charlie XEX and AG right. Cook and, like, the more traditional PC music side. Um, and it's super interesting because... The music has has virtual roots that have given it its tools, uh, right? It lets it thrive when music and social streams and during a global den uh, during a global pandemic. And I think hyperpop is going to continue to exist online, and these kind of like subgenre communities that exists exist on online are only going going to start growing up. And music is becoming a lot less regional.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Like when you think of you know you think of rap growing up, there was West Coast rap, there was East Coast New York rap, Chicago rap. You know there's atlanta rap Mm -hmm. right there's no like regional side of of hyperpop right and and that kind of speaks towards its 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 eternal internet existence
0: i think that's one thing that makes it so powerful though is because like you said with rap there's a lot of regional and even going back to like country there's like memphis sound like texas country north carolina country and this is a genre and then even like with grunge that started in seattle and then went right. across the u.s like this is something that so many different people of so many backgrounds and gender identities and sexual identities and and nationalities are doing at the same time and their sound is different but also has the same similarities where it's like this is one of the first genres i've seen that almost feels like international and, and like a global thing and Definitely. I think that's, one, that's something that we probably need as music listeners, sort of something that brings us together. Of course, music l- listeners love artists and have a commonality in that. But seeing a genre be born and developed across the world, this is, I think it's just really powerful. And I have a lot of just respect and appreciation for these for these kids and these adults and these creatives. Um, and then one last question before we close out, just thinking, because I always like to look into the future, Do you think that Hyperpop will ever receive, like, a full treatment of maturing into its own genre? Because if this is what, like, Gen Z consumers, which, of course, like, advertisers want to reach, want to hear, like, do you think that it'll really kind of gravitate or will it stay underground and just survive and sustain with what it's doing right now? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's very difficult to know, I think. It's a little bit—we It's a, we definitely have a lot more information now than we did about a year ago because Hyperpop was blowing up during the pandemic, right? And we didn't have any any physical representation of what Hyperpop was. We didn't have any physical representation. Will people actually show up to concerts was, was the big question, right? Because during the pandemic, all these kids were blowing up. They were getting streams. They were getting internet buzz, TikTok views. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make money, right? What makes right. money for an artist is going on tour. It's selling mm-hmm. out venues. It's doing— and. We've seen that that these artists post pandemic are making money. They're selling out concerts. I mean, I just went to a concert the Overcast and Friends concert in Philadelphia, and it was sold out. The first, I mean, a lot of this is a lot of these artists' first con- first concerts. It was Breakins' first concert. It was all I think it was Midwest first. These are like their first legitimate like concerts, and they yeah. sold out a venue that was that was pretty big. I think it was like four thousand cap venue. So if these artists keep selling out venues and like people keep showing up to these shows, then I, I definitely see this genre progressing and, and maintaining and finding its foothold in the mainstream. But also, like we said, genres are not are not like a, a hard barrier, right? I think what more realistically what we'll see is we'll see an artist like, I don't know, Taylor Swift or like an Ariana Grande or like a big female big big female pop star do co-production with like a big hyper pop producer or like work on work with hundred gex or something like that and then that project will kind of push fully into the mainstream um and then it'll have its moment in the mainstream maybe we'll get like a billboard hit and then it'll kind of die down, and then this little underground scene that exists on the internet will will exist for a very long time. But it'll develop, right? Like any musical scene, it'll develop. It'll continue to evolve its sound. It'll continue to release projects. It'll continue to find its way and find its way into into uh, into the music world. But it's impossible to know. That's what makes it so interesting. It's like I don't know. Yeah. I can't decide. It's it's an internet it has a it has a mind of its own. It has a, It has a life of its own, and it's super interesting and to watch. A micro genre like this grow up in front of my eyes
0: well i feel enlightened i feel like i'm invited to like a really special club so thank you so much for being here and just for sharing a little bit about hyperpop and introducing it to a lot of people that probably have never even heard of it let alone like received all of this information so i appreciate you very very much and also like to these artists like if you're possibly listening like glaive um slater doing what Electra. up Clave? What's good? One. And two, like, just thank you for your creativity and for placing something on the world that's very needed and necessary. And for just getting some of us a little bit more hip with what's going on on the internet and what's going on in the music world. But that... That's my motive for today. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you come back next time and keep listening. But with that, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Listen to some pop today, tomorrow, and the day after. And stay groovy always, and have a great rest of your day.
1: Break. (laughs) That's fun.